Welcome to Boardwalk Sports Talk, a podcast by the Jersey Sport Fan for the Jersey Sport Fan. Because in New Jersey, we know you don't like us. And guess what? We don't like you either. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 19 of Boardwalk Sports Talk. It's raining. It's gloomy. It's pretty much everything it should be, I think, after uh, after Sunday's debacle meltdown against Houston. I don't know if Sunday – would you say Sunday was a great day to be Jersey Carl? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't <laughs> at all. And um, to help us deal with those those complex feelings and the interrelation between that result and – and our sanity moving forward, we have a very special guest today, Dr. Meredith Baxter Burney from the Brookings Institute. She joins us uh, from the Division of Clinical Psychology, where she's dealt with uh, some really sick people, of which we are now firmly part of that group. Um, so, Meredith, welcome to the program. <laughs> Meredith, I have a lot of questions for you. All right, I need. Uh, maybe maybe Alexa. Do you have a, maybe we can ask Alexa to to walk us through the stages of. Uh, I was actually funny. I was I, I wanted to go through the stages of grief with you because I actually looked them up. I was like, am I like legitimately like going through grief right now? Because I, I I'm telling you, I woke up on uh, on Monday morning, and I felt like I was going to like you know that feeling you get when you wake up and you have to go to a funeral that you really don't want to go to. Yeah, that's that's how Monday felt like when I woke up, and I was like, I feel like I'm actually experiencing the emotions of a death. Honest to God, and I know that sounds dramatic, but and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I actually looked up the five stages of grief, and I legitimately have experienced four of them, at least four of the five, maybe even all five. Let's so go through. Yeah, let's go through those. I think we can because um, I I did indeed. Well, I woke when I woke up Monday morning. I felt like someone had died and it was, it was not only, it was not only Rutgers basketball that had died. It was basically a part of me that had hope for the future died. (laughs) So, so, so yeah, well, well, we're going to, we're going to, we actually legitimately tried to get a therapist on. It was Carl's idea. It was actually a very funny one. We tried to legitimately get a therapist on to like, to like talk to us, like talk us off the ledge and like help us deal with our emotions. But we're going to just have our own therapy session here today, Carl. So yeah, no one wanted to take the job and I don't blame them. I mean, it's one thing to take a job and know that you can actually help your patient. It's another thing to take a job and know that no matter what you do, these people are in store for a heck of a lot of emotional pain and turmoil moving forward. And as Rutgers fans, we know that that is a 100% guarantee. So take it to the bank. Yeah, while we love the school, we love the state, and God bless us. We, you know, we would never, never uh, turn our our backs on either one, especially this glorious state that is New Jersey. We all know it's rough living in this place. There ain't, there's very little sunshine. In fact, it's raining right now. So. <laughs> it, it's okay. funny, the, the therapist they didn't care about the HIPAA restrictions at all. They just were like, "Oh, you're Rutgers fans? Yeah, no, we we can't. I got nothing for you." <laughs> Yeah, they, we, we, we tried that. Not going to work. All right, Carl. So I looked up the definition of grief. Grief is defined as deep sorrow, 
especially that caused by someone's death. Okay. Uh, so just we'll just keep that in mind. So, so that's so that's have we, the, have we that's not the experienced Webster's, grief? That's the Webster's dictionary. Let's look up the grief on the Urban Dictionary because it's always important to sure. add some depth to the definition. Grief, a profound mental anguish felt by Rutgers fans. Wait, is nah. that actually on? Oh my God. No, nah, I'm kidding. It says uh, to trouble, cause problems, or otherwise harass. That's the top definition of Urban Dictionary. The second, uh, let's see what else we got here. A profound mental anguish. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you feel so helpless and stupid that you think nothing will ever be right again, and your macaroni and cheese tastes like sawdust, and you can't even jerk off because it feels like too much trouble. That's the third highest. That's been voted up. <laughs> 40 45 times all right I think, I think that's the, the, the fourth is an emotion of sadness or anger generally associated with loss i kind of like the sawdust and jerking off that's an interesting <laughs> a really interesting perspective on things let's i always like to go to the the definition that gets the most down votes as well oh my god i don't even want to let's see here let's see here grief all right, the one that got the most downvotes. Yes, Leo, you can spend that $35 on Fortnite. Yes, Leo, you can spend that $35 on Fortnite. Don't give me grief. What? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so we're going to we're going to basically go through the five stages. Oh, oh one more, one more. Grief, a sexually transmitted disease usually transferred from female to male. Sorry, I can't come out this weekend. My girlfriend has given me grief. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good all right so there are five stages of grief we're going to go through each one and we're going to basically oh, oh, oh wait wait hold on one more one more sorry oh God, you're the worst you're the absolute will worst. will ferrell says this about what says this about grief and wedding crashers it's nature's most powerful aphrodisiac <laughs> right, hasn't hasn't been for me anyway so all right so we're gonna go through the five stages we're gonna talk about if we think we've gone through them and at what point during the last couple of days we went through it. And we're going to just talk ourselves out of this. All right, Carl. So stage one, denial. Uh, you know, I, I can read you the definition, but I think we well, all it know. Turns out, it turns out denial. I was in denial the whole time we were up. I actually yeah. thought we were going to win. So I denial, <laughs> I, I, I actually skipped denial altogether. So it's still, I, I basically was in denial about the fact that this, that this was, was going to happen. Going to happen while we were winning. I See, really I thought. Think- we were going to win. I really I for sure. I for sure. Thought I, was, denial. I for sure went into denial. The second the game ended, I was at work. I was watching on my uh, computer at work. I immediately closed out of the tab. I closed out of the, the internet thing I was watching it on. And I literally just laid back in my chair and just looked at the ceiling. And I literally was just, I, I literally was just like, this could not have just, that didn't just happen. There's no way that just happened. I also think I was in denial the next day. Because when I woke up the next day, not only did I feel like I was going, so my first thought, my first thought was uh, that was a bad dream and Rutgers won. That was my first thought when I woke up. Like that, that didn't happen yesterday. Rutgers won. So that's definitely denial. And then like once I realized, like I like looked at my phone, looked at the score and was like, nope, that happened. That's when I was like, oh yeah, that's when the feeling of like, I'm going to a funeral today sunk in. So all right, different. Yeah, for, yeah, for me, for me, I, I, I didn't have any of that. I, when the game was over, I was like, yep, we, uh, we just blew the big one. In fact, I started thinking about where it sort of stacked up in terms of like awful Rutgers losses. No, nope. and we'll, no, like, we'll get into that later. We'll get into don't that do later. This. Please don't do Basically, this. yeah, I was my denial was pro- probably sometime at like the 
nine minute mark of the game. So you were, you were basically just, yeah, like you, you basically were just kicking yourself for being an idiot for actually at any point in time, believing that anything. I, that yeah. Was yes. I, I went, I, into, I get that. I do I'll that. tell you when, where I entered the, the grief cycle. Let's, let's go to number two. What's number two. Anger. Number two is anger. Oh, anger. Okay. So anger, I hit the anger. The moment that miles Johnson missed I basically, I basically was was playing out grief grief process during the game. Okay. When Miles Johnson misses that alley oop dunk, which would have ended the game, I literally stood up and just screamed, "No!" And I looked at my wife, and the look on my face was just one of abject horror. And she looked back at me, and she didn't like. I must have looked like a crazy person. And in fact, she said to my dog, she's like, we don't judge daddy when he's watching Rutgers because she knows <laughs> I'm a freaking nutball. Yeah. And I just screamed. No, I was so upset that he missed that freaking play. And then when the guy hit the three on the other end, because he hit the yep. three right after Ugh. I turned to Jess and I said, we're going to lose this game. And I knew I knew it right then. I knew the game was was over. It, it, it was it was horrifying. It was a horrifying sequence. So that was when I hit anger. When did you hit anger? Honestly, I don't have any concrete examples of anger. I don't think I, like I said, I immediately after the game, I shut off my browser. I didn't want to see anything of Houston being happy because I don't think they deserved it. Um, I thought we choked. They didn't win it. We just choked. Oh, that um, kid, Jero uh, is, a, is he deserved it, man. What a. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Gutsy performance by him. But we like we lost it more than they won it, in my opinion. I, I mean, I don't have any concrete examples of anger. I was just angry. Like, I just knew I knew I was angry. I started venting to everyone that would listen to me at work about how we choked. And, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm still angry. I, I, it's still there when I talk. You're about still it. on anger. You're not actually moved on. No, no, I'm, I'm, I think I'm past anger. It's just when I talk about it, I'm angry. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Number three. I don't know. This is one I don't know if I experienced. Maybe you did. Number three is bargaining. Bargaining, I I experienced that when their guy was at the free throw line and missed the two. I was like, okay, if you miss these, we might still have a chance. And he missed both. And then they got the godforsaken rebound and hit a three. And at that point, I was like, okay, well, no one's listening to my uh, my bargain, and I hate my life. So basically, that lasted like 30 seconds. But there was some bargain in there. I was like, God, if there is a God, please let him miss these free throws. He missed the free throws. They got the rebound. By the way, we went like two minutes, and somehow Houston scored like eight points, and we didn't take a shot in two minutes when they scored eight points. I mean, this, they finished the game on a 14-2 to two run, as yeah, you know. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, so I was bargaining, is bargaining, you know, with like, you know, celestial bodies. I was like praying to Mary and Joseph and the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, just just asking for something, asking for for something, anything. And uh, we they did miss they missed a ton of free throws, but it didn't matter because they just drilled they did. right after. So did you bargain at all after the game? So like definitely during the game. No, it was like, no, no, yeah. no. After when the game was okay, I, I will get to where I was at with the game's over. Let's not, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but no, there was no bargaining after there was no, okay. bargaining, no bargaining. All right. Uh, so that's the one that I'm not too sure if I, if I really experienced that uh, stage four depression. Uh, I mean, I definitely was depressed the, the rest of that day. When I woke up the next day, like I said, I felt like I was going to a funeral. Um, yeah. I don't know. What, what do you got? Depression. I would say, yes, abject depression straight away. 
I was depressed before the game was even over. When when they took the lead by one, I was depressed. I knew it was over. I knew I knew the game. There was no way we were going to score. There was no way we were going to score down one. Just no chance. And then when we were down three, I'm like, why are we even playing that? Why are we even trying? Like, there's no yeah. point in even trying here. The game. Oh, I over. think I think I actually turned off on that when when they went down and missed the shot. Like so, they like uh, I think Houston had two foul shots, one to tie and one to go ahead. Right? Am I correct there? No. And, no. no. We made. This was also freaking horrific, okay? There's 50 seconds left in the game. We are up by two. All you need to do is not give up a three-point play. If you give up the two-point play, then you probably have the last possession in a tied game and you can work the clock all the way down to zero and take a shot with no risk. I wish everyone but could see Carl's face right do? now. This is incredible. What did we do? We fouled a guy and he got an and one. And they took the free throw to take the lead. So now we're down one. We can't milk the clock down to zero. We have to right. try and shoot. Right. And Geo Baker dribbles the ball like off his foot. Yeah. Which and, then is, they, and then they hit two foul shots. And then they hit two foul shots. Three to, right, okay, that's right. And then we took a three, which Ron blamed himself for after the game. He's like, guys, that three is going to be going through my head the whole, like, the rest of my life. I'm like, how is that the play? There's like a billion other things that happened. Yeah, that was just that. a force overtime. Like that I mean, was just that, like that was a that would have been luck if that meltdown went completed already. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, like the nuclear reactor had already basically exploded. <laughs> you know, like at that point we we're just trying to limit the fallout, and right. there's no way we we win in overtime. I don't think. I mean, we we were we were. We've said that up. before, though. They, I think they could have won in overtime. Like I remember against Minnesota last game of the year, we thought there's no way they'd win that in overtime, and they did. So I think they could have won in overtime, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, was our, were our guys just gassed at the end of the game? Maybe they were just completely gassed. It's possible. I mean, we played our butts off. We the, the guys played really hard. Can't take yeah. that away from them. But man, what a it was! I wouldn't even call it a choke. It's not even a choke because I oh, think I, choke, I choke to me, choke to me is a very specific situation where like you have the chance to win the game on like one play or one critical situation, and it's right there for you. And all you got to do is like tap it in. And that's a choke. This was more of like a meltdown. This was more of a total meltdown. What about, that, what about the that's Falcons? The, the Falcons up 28 to three in the Super Bowl. Is that a choke or no? Yeah, that's a meltdown. I think, I think of that as a meltdown. I think of a choke as being Blair Walsh missing a field goal from 28 yards. That's a, yeah. that's a choke. So, it's it's just... one thing. It's isolated. A meltdown is like every, it's like systemic. Like the whole thing goes to hell in a handbasket and you're just watching in, in abject horror the entire time. And you're like, this is going to happen and I'm going to be witness to it. And after this is over, I'm going to run across route 17. Like that's, that's, that's how you feel. So I, to me, it was a meltdown really. Yeah. I mean, it's and it might've been because they were tired. I don't know. It's semantics. Um, but yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from. And let me, let me ask you this. Uh, did you have a hard time getting out of bed Monday morning? Cause I sure did. I was like, I don't want to wake up. I don't want to face the world. Uh, I hate everything. I'm trying to think how I woke up Monday. You know, it wasn't as bad as I thought because I was expecting to have a brutal hangover because I, I drank a lot of um, 
a lot of uh, vodka that night. Like during the game, I was I was yelling at the television the entire second half. Like while we were winning, I was going ballistic. Mm-hmm. When Jacob Young hit that three from the corner, I went nuts. There we were up so eleven at that point. There, there was, was so yeah. so many. They were yeah. shooting so well. We'd been waiting for them to shoot like that forever. Like they would like they had so like Montez Mathis was hitting. They were just threes. draining three. Like they got an open look and they just hit it. And you're like, oh my god, who is this team? I started to like really think like, oh my god, like we're gonna go to the final four. Like this team, if they play like this and they're hitting their open shots, no one's gonna stop us. You know, it was just ugh. all right. Well, anyway, so that was stage four. Uh, was depression. Um, we'll just get through the final stage, which is acceptance. Um, my dad actually texted me. And I guess I'm in acceptance now. I mean, I've accepted the fact that we lost and, and it's, it's, you know, it's, we're not, we're not playing this weekend. You know what I mean? But my dad texted me and he goes like, how are you doing? Like, have you gotten over that? Have you gotten over it yet? And I was like, dad and my cousin, actually, my cousin, Ryan from Philly just called too. He's just people. I've had people checking in on my well being the last couple of days, which is nice. It shows that people care. Um, but it also shows that I'm a, I'm a maniac as well. So, um, but so my You're dad, crazy, called, man. You're crazy. <laughs> my dad called, he goes, you know, is that, are you over it yet? And I said, dad. And I said this to my cousin Ryan too. I said, there's, I am not going to be over that loss until we make the sweet 16. I will. That is a loss. If we, if Rutgers never gets back to the tournament, never gets back, to, uh, never makes the sweet 16. I'm, that is a loss. I will take to my grave, Carl. Like we, we both will any Rutgers fan that we, you, you take that yes, loss yeah. to your yes. effing grave because you do. We don't like even if we make the Sweet 16 again, we, you don't know who you end up playing. How many times we would have made the Sweet 16, Sweet 16, and be playing a team that we've already beaten by double digits this season. Yes, with a chance to go the Elite Eight against play eight, Loyola against an eight yeah. seed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not and saying potentially Loyola's make not the good. Final Four. Loyola like, is good. Loyola, right? 100. I don't know if we would have been in, in Syracuse. I, I don't know. I think maybe they may have had some players out when we played them for the first time. Syracuse definitely capable of beating us too. Obviously, like, but the door was wide open. And so I think, you know, if Rutgers ever makes it back to the sweet 16, uh, I will, I will maybe put this one to bed then, but not a day before. I agree. For me, it's, it's really a very close analog to uh, Louisville 2012. It's pretty much the same game, really. I mean, we, we were up firmly in control. And then a series of incomprehensible events occurs. And the team that does it is led by a pro who with a, just a ton of guts, more guts than, I mean, really in Louisville's case, they took the game. We didn't give it away. They took it from us and it was Teddy Bridgewater doing it with one foot and, you know, throwing it to Devontae Parker and those guys in that Houston game. It was Jerome man. Jerome was just such a hero. I mean, he hit the three, Without him on the floor, they, they couldn't even run an offense. They couldn't even run an offense without him on the floor. And the announcer said, they're like, oh, yeah, he's getting back in the game because he doesn't like what he sees. I mean, they couldn't do anything. We're up, we're up at that thing at that point, like 60 to 50. And they, they, they had nothing going. They had nothing going. We had completely stifled them. Yeah, it's, it's killer, man. It's, it's, it's definitely up there. I mean, it, for me, it's definitely top, top five worst losses. In, in my, for, in for my Rutgers fandom. or just in general sports? Not in my fandom. I think yeah. it's number one for me is still Minnesota Vikings Saints, and that it will always be the worst because of the bounty gate. Number two is the, the Kings Lakers um, 2001 game seven 
It's rooting for the, the Kings so hard, and I'm so devastated. Number three is uh, Louisville Rutgers 2012, for sure. Number four is um, I think Rutgers West Virginia 06. I think so I put, put that a little. You put Louisville 2012 over over that West. I think that West Virginia one was way worse. Yes, because we would have played in the Sugar Bowl if we had beaten Louisville. That was a de facto championship game. Wasn't the West Virginia? We would have gone to the Orange Bowl though. Yeah, I guess you're right. They were both championship games. The only difference is Louis. The only difference is West Virginia didn't go to the the, the Orange Bowl. They weren't playing for it. We were playing for it, and they weren't. Yeah. So Louisville was playing for it against us that night, and we were home. We were also home in 2012. We had to go to Morgantown to beat them in 06. That's a little. I mean, you can you can forgive a team for losing to a top 15 squad away. Yeah. You know, with that with that roster, it's really pretty unforgivable to 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 lose to Louisville at home in a de facto championship game where you're going to go to the Sugar Bowl and play. Uh, forget who they played now, who Louisville played, but they crapped on them. Oh, Florida! I think they played Florida and they destroyed them. Oh, uh, that might have been right after Urban Meyer left, I think. Right? Yeah. So I mean, I remember I had my tickets booked. I like had called my ticket guy. I was like, "All right, when we win, like you're pulling the trigger, right? You're going to get me this ticket." He's like, "Yeah." I was, everything was set. And actually it was similarly with this Houston game. Like I had been talking to, to Rich and I was like, dude, are we going to go? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. So like, we're just going to win the game and then go. He's like, yeah. So like, I mean, I had bet the game and it was looking like it was going to win that bet. It was make like $600 or some crazy thing. Um, and we're going to go to the game. I mean, it was all set, man. We, we, we were there. We, we, we were going to win that game. That Houston game, they even admit we should have won. That's the worst part. Their fans even admit we should have won. That's the yeah. crazy thing. It's just yep. just brutal. All Absolutely three brutal. out of the four big major New York sports talk shows I listen to, uh, the fan has their morning show, uh, Boomer and Geo, and then the afternoons, Carton and Roberts, and then the Michael K shows on ESPN radio. All three of them basically open talking about Rutgers basketball. What'd they say? They choked. They, they, I mean, they were all like, I mean, they were all like, it would have been awesome to see Rutgers do it. Like, it was like, it just, it just shows you that the eyes of the, not only the, the, the nation, but this area, the New York, like they don't talk Rutgers football, Rutgers basketball on those shows, unless it's usually like them, like making fun of them. For being well, they like when we lose too, to be honest. Right, they, right. But they, they this like was it. a situation where they were legitimately like, damn, like that we were rooting for them and that sucked. And I don't know how they let that slip away. Yeah. I mean, would, if we had won, would they have started with us? I bet you they wouldn't have. Because we lost, they probably started with us. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Because sure. people don't really celebrate our wins as much as, as there are losses. People love to crap. I mean, and it is very on brand for us. To have lost that way was super. I actually was texting one of my buddies. I'm like, oh, that was very on brand. Like, I, Yes, it was. It was I saw very- that coming and it happened. And I can't even say I'm surprised anymore. So, I mean, Rutgers if we gonna, ever. Rucker's going to rucker. If we ever do win a, a serious championship, though, like we're just going to burn like shit down. Like we're going to quite literally like firebomb the Hale Center or something. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's going to we're going to go nuts I, because this 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 fan base has had no success. We haven't been we haven't felt any kind of success. Yeah. <laughs> We've never experienced it. Every single time we get close, like the team takes like a sledgehammer to the nuts. Yeah, it, it's 
I don't know how much more I want to talk about it. Um, it just sucks. It really sucks. I hope that it wasn't a flash in the pan and that it's not another 37 years until we get to experience that again. I I mean, that was fun. That was so fun. Like it was seeing, fun. seeing us make the tournament and uh, us beating Clemson, you know, for those of you who listened to our, our three minute victory episode, after we beat Clemson, we were outside smoking cigars at a friend's house. We were having a blast. We were on cloud nine. Um, just seeing Rutgers play in these games and, and be respectful in basketball beyond respectful. I mean, good. Like, you, you're not, you're a good team. If you make the tournament, um, it was awesome. And I just, it really like made me like basketball. I'm not a big basketball fan. Like, you know, I, I'll never really like the NBA. I think the NBA is a joke. Um, most people I feel like don't even have a favorite NBA team. They just like follow players. It's weird. Now um, it, yeah, that's the way it is now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people who are like dying well, because all the pl- the, the team, the players all like each other now. Like the teams, there's not really even any uh, real rivalries. Yeah, but I was like into basketball because of Rutgers. I was literally like hook, line, and sinker, like living and dying on every possession during that Houston game, and that is not something I've ever experienced in basketball really in my whole life. I don't think so. Um, you know, it was cool. I got a taste of what, how fun it can be. And hopefully we don't go back into the abyss and, uh, you know, like kill that for me kill that for me. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty moving forward. It's hard to know where this team goes now. I mean, and who go really, it starts with who's going and who's staying. So, yeah, I'm going to try, I'm going to try and swing this to a little bit more positive. Um, the devils are playing really well again. (laughs) <laughs> hey guys, didn't you guys crap on the Flyers last night? Hey, we didn't crap. We were up four to one, and they ended up winning four to three. Of course, the Devils had to make it interesting. They scored a couple goals late uh, to make it interesting. The Devils had to sweat it out at the end, but they won. They've, they're now um, so since that Islanders BS overtime game that I went on that rant about that I'm not going to go on again. Um, but you all know how I feel about that game. Uh, they've been, I think they're four, four, one and one since that game. They should be five, one and one if, if they had won that game, but, um, then they should just be five and one, not four, one and one. So, uh, yeah, the yeah, Rangers it, actually have been decent too. Yeah. So, I mean, Apparently it's, it's officially big, hockey season now. I mean, we got, we don't got basketball to talk about. I mean, got very little talking, else. Yeah. So, um, I don't know how much Rangers you've been watching, but the devils are starting to turn it around. It's making me feel a little bit better. I think we have a four-game series with the Rangers coming up soon, so that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll probably dump on you again, like we had the last couple games. It sounded like the Rangers were going to get Jack Eichel, but then something happened and it didn't happen. So I really I heard the Islanders might get him. That would be great. Yeah, could could be or Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall could be a getting out of Buffalo. Buffalo Sabers, man, woof. I mean, they've lost like fourteen straight games. Yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible. Really, really bad. Can we talk about um, uh, Deshaun Watson for a moment? That is was, a time bomb and a half. Can you imagine yeah, if the Jets? If, can you imagine if the Jets had acquired him and that came out? That would have been such a. Jets that would have been thing. the most Jets thing ever. That talk about being yeah. on brand. That would have been. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past the Jets to still do it. It's like ah, what, what, what the heck? Sixteen like, well, sexual assault charges. It's, like, it's worth the risk. <laughs> yes. Worth the risk. Risk reward. Uh, you know, let's go for it. <laughs> I mean, that is absolutely insanity. I mean, I feel terrible for pretty much everybody involved. 
you know, his accusers and him. I mean, just the hell on earth scenario there. So, yeah, I read anyway. through. Did you read through the accusations? No. Well, okay, I've read book. high level. It sounds like he's sort of a serial like he, he goes to those massages and does like a Jeffrey Epstein. He wants like the happy right. ending. Right. right. I mean, to me, it's like. I, I don't want to get, you know, too into obviously I don't know what happened and I, I hate this whole the thing that stinks about this is either he's a terrible person for doing what he's been doing and preying on these masseuses and stuff, or somebody or a group of people are terrible people and trying to come after somebody that for something that's not true. But from what I've read, it seems like there's 16 or so different women who are coming forward with very similar stories about that's an enormous number. Right. Like that, to me, I don't think that that's like 16 different people are making this up. You can't collude. I mean, you, you, have you heard of the prisoner's dilemma? No. So the prisoner's dilemma is when it's basically you divide up uh, two people, right? And you say, uh, you interview each of them. So like, let's say you and I both got arrested for a crime that we we've been accused of committing. Now, if both of us don't talk, we get off completely. Right. If one of us talks and the other one doesn't, the one who talks gets off and the one who doesn't gets like the book thrown at them. Right. And then if we both talk, we get like a, a reduced sentence. Right. So in those situations, the prisoner's dilemma situations, all you got to do is not talk and then everybody gets off. The problem is the investigators and the police, they play you off each other and they say, well, your accomplice already told us the deal. So you can like either you can clam up now and not say anything and we're going to throw the book at you and he's going to get off scot-free or you can just tell us the truth. And yeah. most everybody just like gives in and they say, Oh my God, I can't believe, I can't believe Brian really gave in. Like I told him not to talk. He gave in. Right. Right. And then they wind up talking and spilling their guts. So right. anyway, the point the point of that is you'd have to do that. You'd have to maintain the same story, a consistent story across 16 different people right come on that's impossible like if right. it was made up there's just no way somebody would somebody would break with the story and right. and and you know it would it would the whole thing would blow up so yeah i'm, I'm convinced it's got to be it's got to be geez, you know there's got to so be do you, do you think he ever be. plays in the nfl again i don't see how i mean yeah i don't i i i, I Unless something really crazy had. I did, I know. will say I did read there was some like nuance. I'm not gonna get into specifics, but there were some nuances in certain stories that I read that were like that just seems weird, like something weird. Like it seemed like I don't know. Like I think some of the 16 people maybe just piling on with their hands open, like oh oh like I you know something happened with me and him and I was okay with it at the time, but now that people are piling on, like maybe I can get some money out of this. I think there may be one or two of those maybe mixed in, but for the most part, I mean, I think most or all of them are pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that, that you know. And honestly, at that point, I don't even really feel bad around. for him. If, if he, so let's say like out of like 14 out of the 16 are legit, like I don't really even care about the other two people like getting their payday off of it. Cause that guy, if he's done it 14 times, he's, he's a terrible person, so. Um, yeah. I just, it's, it's incredible to me that these people think they can get away with stuff like this. Like, it's absolutely nuts. The yeah, fact that they, they think they can actually get away with it. It's yeah, it wild. Really is. It's crazy. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you're like, it's just, there's so much to lose, dude. You got to have so some much, balls. You got to have some balls. So to much to lose. Yeah. And like, you're a professional athlete. Like, it shouldn't be a problem 
for you to like get girl. I don't understand. Like, it's, I don't know if he has a girlfriend or whatever. Maybe he has a girlfriend or wife or whatever. And he's these guys are weird that way. I mean, Kellen, look at Kellen not, Winslow. It's just, yeah. Did you see what Kellen Winslow? I mean, Kellen Winslow's a weirdo too. I, I don't know what he will have with him. Dude, he's he's he going. He went to jail. Um, I mean, he went to jail because he was raping like sixty year olds. He's like oh. forty, and he's got millions of dollars, and he's yeah. married. That's disgusting. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah, what's wrong with that guy? He's like true. brain damaged or something. And, yeah, and, that might be. I mean, that legitimately might be like a CTE thing, like straight up. You know, crazy. That seem that literally seems like the behavior of an insane person. So, and he yeah. and he had to, he had to plead it out. I mean, he he's in jail for like fifteen years now. I try. I tried to bring this podcast up, Carl, and you're bringing it back down. How do we? How do we end on a high note? <laughs> have Have you heard of the? All right, I'll I'll end on this. Have you heard about what's going on with Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No. Oh my God, this is amazing. Uh, so basically, there's a guy, and uh, he found what appear to be shrimp tails, crusted in cinnamon and sugar, in his Cinnamon Toast Crunch bag, like a sealed bag. Okay. He bought a box of cinnamon toast crunch, and uh, there's shrimp tails in there. So he like tweeted out a picture and like tagged like you know General Mills and cinnamon toast crunch, and they basically said to him, after further investigation with our team uh, that closely examined the image, it appears to be an accumulation of cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We assure you that there's no possibility of cross contamination with shrimp. And then the guy tweeted out another picture of them, except this time holding them in, in his hand and zoomed in closer. And he goes, okay, well, after further investigation with my eyes, these are cinnamon-coated shrimp tails, you weirdos. I wasn't that, all that mad until you tried to gaslight me. Um, and basically, he's been going back and forth with them. They want him to, like, send in the shrimp tails so they can, like, analyze them. So he basically agreed to send in one shrimp tail and keep the other because he's like, I don't you're going to just basically destroy this evidence and try to make me look crazy. So they were like, we're going to send a FedEx person to your house between like two and five. Can you please <laughs> to come pick up the shrimp tail? And he's like, are you serious? You're going to make, you're going to make me stay home for a FedEx person. It's crazy. And then, and then um, basically they went back and forth even further and they said that they want him to turn it, turn in the shrimp tails to the police department because it could be evidence tampering or not evidence, um, food tampering, product tampering. And he's just like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. Like, you can basically like have the police call me if they want this, but like, no. I'm not um, going to cops with cinnamon toast crunch. They're gonna right. Like, he literally wrote. He, he goes, "What did he say?" I'll read you the exact thing. He said, "I'm not walking into a random police station yelling. Here's the shrimp tails that General Mills wants. Like, a, like it's a smoking gun from a murder." <laughs> so awesome. yeah, I mean, be careful with your your cinnamon toast crunch people. Um, yeah, I don't. I actually, I mean, I haven't had cinnamon toast crunch in a long time, but I mean, it's it's definitely one of the best cereals. This is definitely like concerning. Cinnamon toast crunch is delicious. Yeah, that and and um and and Captain Crunch are the best. Crunch berries, yeah. I wanted. I want to see the uh, the cinnamon toast crunch shrimp. Wow, this is like a national news story. Huh? Oh yeah, this is like a thing. Yeah, it's it's a big thing. Unreal. Be careful with your cereal, folks. I thought you were going to say they like were using shrimp tails to make it extra crunchy. I actually thought that's where the story was going. Nope. Because crazier shits happened. Like where they were, weren't they using yoga mat spray in something? Hold on. Subway, subway bread. It was like made out of yoga mat. 
Right. Yoga mats, Subway bread. Exactly. What was the deal there? Exactly. It was Subway wasn't the only chain to use yoga mat chemical. Yeah. So it wasn't just Subway. It was, and honestly, the bread at Subway was incredible that way that you could ball it up into like a snowball and then it would just like reform back into its loaf. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. Big, big Subway fan. The bread always smelled amazing too. Like Subway stinks, but like when you walk into a Subway, you're like, oh my God, this is the best smell I've ever smelled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, it really did smell pretty good. I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much, I think, all I got for this week. I mean, do you have anything else you want to, you know, share with our, our audience? No, I mean, shout out to the subway guy on Easton Ave. If you're listening, you were, you're a gentleman and a scholar and you sold us like 500 sandwiches. So we miss yeah. you, buddy. I'd buy a, as long as I had proximity to a bathroom, I would buy a meatball sub from you right now if you were here. Shout out to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, watch your watch out for your shrimp tails, everybody. And uh, yeah, we will. I guess we'll see you guys next week. Hopefully, we're in a better mood. Hopefully, the weather's a little bit better as we start to dig out of this winter and uh, start the spring. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Peace, Jersey. Lovely accent. <laughs>